This is the Fantasy Road Show. What's up, roadies? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Road Show with your hosts, per use. You got Truck, you got Coles, and we got Shane McCormick. Shane, how you doing today, buddy? Shane O'Mac. Doing well. Doing well. It's, uh, it's always a great day when we have Shane O'Mac on the pod. I just want to say that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, did want to mention you can find us all on Twitter. Tags are included in the image here. If you're listening on a podcast, find me at fantasy underscore trucker. Find calls at calls underscore sports. Find Shane O'Mac down at at S McCormick underscore FF. Follow the show at Fantasy Road Show. Check us out on YouTube. The video is live. Uh, at youtube.com slash sports ethos and check out our Substack, all of our written content, the fantasy roadshow.substack.com. Boys, how you doing? We're here talking, my guys. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just so ready to get into the season. Um, like it's Thursday night recording right now, and there's two uh, preseason games on, and it's the last week of preseason. So for me, I've been like holding off any like, excitement or um you know anxiety we're getting we're getting ready for the season but we have you know week zero of college football um a couple weeks out of our first sunday so it's starting to get pretty real oh yeah the uh the anticipation is killing me i don't know about you shane but uh even this this preseason games i'm like watching them closer and closer and closer yeah, and you know this weekend, like for a bunch of people, especially like home leagues, this is draft weekend. Yeah. I feel like it is a huge draft weekend for a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah, we, oh, yeah. we have one Saturday. Uh, Truck and I split a team, so that's our first and maybe only redraft league this year together. Um, so yeah, we have mostly mostly dynasty. Yep, I have. Uh, so I have a couple. Um, I don't know. I probably have five drafts coming up and very prepared this year. Um, so looking forward, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to those. Um, and it's just, you know, it's draft season, baby. I, I love it. Um, Shane, I do want to, I do want to comment on the above your right shoulder. Um, that is an excellent, uh, <laughs> the other right. Mother they are. Yeah. The uh, you got the Celsius the, stack. the stack of Sellies. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Once I get a studio set up, I'm gonna have. I, I already saw across the street. There's a convenience store, and they have one of those Celsius fridges. Like, yeah, I'm. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start start looking in. I'm gonna be looking into a Celsius mini fridge to just you know reach back that if yes keep it in the background that yeah. is awesome yeah. you guys ever had like that one league you got in like you were so desperate to win your first championship in you know i feel like the celsius sponsorship with that road show is that's my like if we can make it happen <laughs> that'll be like a championship moment yeah that's gonna be uh that's gonna be an amazing time we're certainly gonna be working for it and you've been helping uh you know tweeting at them and, and getting at them but um yeah no i it, someday i'm gonna have a celsius fridge and then i'm gonna have a topo chico fridge and it's just gonna make me so happy that's gonna be my studio <laughs> it's the little things in life right mike just the little oh, things a hundred percent a hundred percent um, but yeah, so today's episode, we're doing uh, my guys. Um, and I've actually never, I guess I have never really been this deep into the fantasy football, like, um, 
I guess, media space. You know, this is the first year of the of the podcast and just got a Twitter, so kind of you know engulfed. And I didn't know, I didn't know that the my guys is like a big thing, but uh, here we are, and we're going to be presenting you with you our my guys guys that we're just pretty much targeting in every single draft, um, whether that's performance based or ADP. Uh, we'll get into the details of that, but um, asked Shane to come on for the episode. We want to just give you like different perspectives and give you guys as many different players um, to target and a really solid pool to like look at while you're going through your drafts these next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, in that case, uh, buckle up. <laughs> Ryan, start us off. Let's, get um, it. Let's just dive right into it. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so if anybody's listening that normally watches the show or follows along with the show, I think this is going to come to no surprise, but my quarterback, my guy, my guy, my guy, Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields this year. Get, get, I'm drafting him in the wait, fourth round. I'm going to cut you off. Round. I'm going to cut you off. We need you to. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Would you cut it out, please? Okay. Would you cut it out? Tell us you got it. I am drafting Justin Fields in every freaking draft I can, okay? Every single one of them. If he's sitting there in the fourth, I'm thinking about it. If he's sitting there in the fifth, I'm scooping him up. If he's sitting there in the sixth, I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're just handing me this league. I'm taking it. So, I, yeah, you know, Justin yeah. Fields, he was the quarterback five last year. He's going to get better. He's got DJ Moore. What's not to love about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears right now? Okay. Yeah. I want to be there at opening day when they kick the living shit out of those <laughs> fucking Packers. Okay. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to be there to watch because Justin Fields is going to throw for 250, maybe 300, maybe, you know, two, two or 300 yards and uh, a couple touchdowns. You know, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. So, yeah. Right. My quarterback, my guy. Justin Fields, put it on the ticker. Any any league you get Fields in, you have to have a celebratory beef afterwards. Let's make a deal on that right now. Oh my god! Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I love Fields too. I think he's the real deal. I think the Bears um, have obviously gotten all the hype this off season, and that Fields more stack. Like I haven't seen a stack targeted like that. I mean, people are. I'm not going to say Kelsey Mahomes, but like people are targeting in on that stack. You know what I mean? Like that seems to be, if you're looking at fields, you're looking at DJ Moore, um, and they're going in like back to back rounds. So you're seeing people at end of rounds kind of reach and just really want to have that stack on their team. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. It's exciting as a bears fan, uh, and growing up, you know, being oh, a yeah. Chicago guy. So, um, yeah, I, I got really nothing else to say. I, I, I'm a believer in Fields' arm. So now that they put some uh, weapons around him, I'm excited to see him being able to showcase that arm that he has. So, yeah, and I think the reason why everyone's uh, going after the stack because it's relatively cheaper when you're talking about, uh, you know, in previous years, you saw what happened with Diggs and Allen. You saw what happened with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. You saw what happened with these this archetype of the moves that the Bears are making, yeah. and if you're able to grab, if you're able to grab DJ Moore and and Justin Fields, and hoping that that's going to extend 
to that spot, that that stack is is relatively cheap when you're talking about those other guys in that category. That's a good so, point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great point. And honestly, DJ Moore has that skill set. And if you're we're talking my guys today, like that is Justin Fields guy, right? Like his, in terms of receiving target, he is so much above the other, uh, the rest of the receiver room and, uh, obviously Cole Komet, but, um, so yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, I, you mentioned someone that is my guy, Josh Allen. Uh, he's my quarterback that at this point, I am pretty much saying that is an auto pick for me in the third round. I just, I think like we've seen in the past two years, not last year, the two years before that, he was QB one. He was the cheat code. He was like, you know, number one overall. Um, and I think that season is he, he's coming back and he's going to have a, that type of a season this year. I think he had a lot of off the field distractions and uh, that elbow injury kind of limited his deep ball ability. Uh, you saw Diggs, you know, hurt from that as well. But I think he's coming back, and the Bills know they have a special team. Um, they go out and get Kincaid. I just really like the Bills, and I really like the Bills' offense. You've heard me say I think that they're my, um, you know, they're my Super Bowl pick. Um, so, Josh Allen, I, I don't know what you guys have to say there. Yeah, and even like last year, like he had kind of a down year, yeah. right? You know, he still had, I think it was 10 games of 25 or more points. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, 10 plus games of that much production. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, he's any, in the anytime. He, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was just anytime it, Allen doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> anytime Josh Allen doesn't finish as the number one overall quarterback is a down year for Josh Allen. Yeah. Whether it's true or not if he's not number one it's a down year yeah and like the fact that i could get him in the third round and listen so what i do in the first three rounds is i go obviously like high upside because quite frankly most people are high upside at that point but i also like to make a safe decision like i would rather know i'm getting josh allen who on a down year has 10 games over 25 fantasy points, then taking a swing on a Jameer Gibbs, is he going in the third round? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you yeah. know, something like that where there's a little more risk. So I don't want to swing and miss in the first three rounds. I'm so confident in my ability in the mid rounds to um, just get guys that have high upside and a little bit more risk. Um, you know, your pickings, your Iuke. So um, I, I just like going. Allen, knowing I'm getting the number one overall in what I think is going to be number one overall point score in, in quarterback. So he's an auto pick for me uh, in that third round. Yoshi. Yeah, Yoshi. Yeah, I don't know, Shane, I don't know if you were paying attention before, but um, Mike, in a, in a random mock, uh, called Josh Allen Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I guess his, that's his, his nickname. His number one character, too. <laughs> Yeah, he's my, yeah. my Mario yeah, Kart absolutely. character, Yoshi. So, yeah, Yoshi, yep. QB, one, overall number one, Super Bowl winner. Uh, Josh Allen's my guy at quarterback. Shane, who you got? You know, so it's – I kind of, like, group it into a group of quarterbacks. So, I have done tons of mocks like everybody. I have not left a draft yet where I haven't got one of the top eight guys. 
has yeah. not happened. Not going to happen for me. It just yeah. isn't. And most of the time it's even it's Allen in round three or Hertz in round three. But if it's not, and then it's always been Justin Herbert um, or Trevor Lawrence. And I think both of those guys are going to be even better this year. I want, you know, either one of those two guys. Yeah. I just don't, what I don't understand is like when you're talking about Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts is why don't we treat these top quarterbacks like we do other positional players where we would want somebody that's consistent for the last three years scoring, you know, let's take him. I, I don't care if it's round three, yeah. you know, I'd rather do that than try to gamble on Anthony Richardson, maybe being a top 10, seven guy. Yeah. I mean, so the guy that I'm targeting outside of that, if I just somehow don't get top eight, which doesn't happen very often, literally maybe like once this entire like mock and, and even best ball, but uh, it's like Daniel Jones is who I'm looking at because of his upside and what we saw last year, but there's risk there, right? Like it's, it's yeah. still Daniel Jones. It's not, it's not one of the top offenses in the NFL. Yeah. He kind of has that running ability cheat code, but uh, and I am pretty confident in him. I think Waller's going to be awesome with him there. But I just, I, you're right. It's just those early rounds locking up a guy who, um, so a guy I was going to have on my list was Josh Herbert, like exactly like you said. I have him as QB3. Who? <laughs> what? Who, who, who would you have on the list, Mike? Josh Herbert. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin. What? You, what? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Uh, I was hope I was surprised even the second time. What? Josh Herbert. What? Just What's wrong down, with Josh Herbert? Double down on yeah. it. Sorry. Whatever. What if I just stuck with it? Josh Herbert. So Josh Herbert. I have him as my QB three. I'm taking Josh Herbert guaranteed <laughs> if I miss out on Allen. So um, no, yeah, that's I. I completely agree with you. I think because of the way that the NFL has has transitioned to this just slinging the ball scoring a lot of points like fantasy football has as well the high having those yeah. having those top tier quarterbacks are almost i mean essential to winning a championship i feel like so mm -hmm. totally agree um so ryan let's move on to running backs and get us started come on this thing on keep it this thing keep it together here <laughs> having microphone issues, uh, but uh, hopefully it won't cause any disruptions. Um, but no, I completely agree with you guys. Another guy I would want it on my list was Trevor Lawrence, because if I'm not getting J Justin Fields, I want Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and from there on, so, um, mother. <laughs> Ryan, keep it together. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. Um, moving along in my running back position, I have someone who I'm very high on and I want in almost every draft, uh, in the mid rounds, it's, uh, miles, miles, Sanders. Yeah. Okay. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Yes, Miles Sanders. Okay, I'm carefully holding this thing. Hopefully this doesn't fall apart on me. <laughs> um, Miles Sanders was early on in this offseason. He was the running back that was signed and got paid money in a time where nobody is getting signed and paid. Okay, so that's intriguing there. Um, the Panthers are going to be a better offense than most people believe that. 
they are going to be. So I'm really bullish that Miles Sanders is going to be the workhorse guy. I know a lot of people are talking about Chuba Hubbard, but I'm not worried about him. I think Miles is going to be the guy early and often. He's going to get a ton of passing work, and he's with a, a running backs coach that he's very familiar with and uh, he has had success with in the past. Very, very high on Miles Sanders. I want him on almost every one of my teams, especially at the price you can get him at um, in the like the mid-20s. I, I'll take him there all day. Yeah, I want to hear Shane's comments here before I get into Sanders. So I've been on Sanders all summer long. Um, I think there's this notion that he can't catch the ball, which I think is totally false. He caught 50 balls his rookie oh, yeah. year. I just think he was with a quarterback that didn't target running backs. And he was in with a quarterback who took a ton of goal line carries. And so I think he easily can get to that 50 catch mark that he was in his rookie year. And if you get that with the rushing production and the receiving production, I feel pretty confident he's a top 20 guy. Now, I am slightly, slightly concerned that he hasn't been on the field yet with this injury. I will, if I could see him on this weekend, I'd be ready. I, I feel much better. But still, where are you getting? I think he's got a great shot of being top 20. Yeah. Um, so I've I've been pretty outspoken about how I don't like Sanders, but I and, and we're going to talk about Madison later. And I almost like put them in the same bucket where they're in offenses that have a very in historically have a very good high production running back role. Obviously you had Dalvin cook and CMC in those roles. So that plays into it, but look at Deonta Foreman, what he did last year when he stepped in after the trade, like he was, I don't, I think he was top five, a couple of weeks. I don't know the exact, um, where he exactly where he placed, but he was, you know, he, he excelled in that role. So, you know, I, I'm just like, I struggle with Sanders because I think a lot of his success in Philadelphia came from being behind that line and in that offense. And it's kind of the reason why I think Swift is going to be so good there is because you do get some space with the threat of Hertz running and just, you know, you're behind a really good line. It's a running back friendly um, offense. So him being the focus of the Panthers offense stuff definitely worries me, but he's going to have every chance to succeed and he's going to have high volume. So I am okay with drafting him at his ADP because quite frankly, should probably be higher. Um, I don't know. So I, I'm like, I'm not super bullish on him, but I completely understand the role he's stepping into. So if he does have the talent level to succeed with that much focus on him, then he's going to be an awesome value pick there. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. Shane, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to get your opinion on something early on this off season, early on this off season, Mike and I, Mike and I made a trade in my dynasty league. He gave me Miles Sanders. I gave him one of mine, I had multiple first-round picks for next year. I gave him a first-round pick for Miles Sanders. Do you think I overpaid? Do you think it was the right price? Or what do you think there? That's a little steep for me, If, if especially – well, you said you had multiple first, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What was your – what was your uh, what was the rest of your running back room looking like? Um, I have uh, Nick Chubb. I have David Montgomery. I have um, – 
Uh, I have a pretty, I have a pretty strong running back room, but I just, I really wanted the depth, and I thought Miles Sanders uh, was his value was going to increase with with him on the Panthers. So that was just my thought process. He but was, I do have a strong running back room, regardless. He was in win. He's he is in win now mode, and he like could legitimately win the championship this year. So I was in a position where I knew I could get a lot for Sanders more than probably unless he breaks out this year and is like incredible, then obviously I can get more for him then. But I felt I could get a lot for Sanders and just stack. Up. I, I actually traded away my first rounder um, for Bijan <laughs> for Bijan. So I was replacing that. And, you know, I have Bijan. I have a team that like has a lot of really good young players and is set up extremely well for the future. But um, I think I have like five or six picks in the first two rounds next year uh, in an eight-team league. So um, I'm I, I'm not necessarily playing for a championship like Ryan is this year. So it, it was a it was a mutually it was a good trade for both of us. Um, and I just knew like this was the year to unload Sanders in my mind. Um, but anyways, uh, so speaking of Bijan, he is my guy at running back. I do feel bad having my QB one and my RB one on the my guy list. I promise I'm not going to have like Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey as the rest of my list. But Bijan, I had to like, I tried to actually even leave him off of the list. And Ryan was like, you can't not have Bijan on your list. You're more of a Bijan guy than anyone that like ever, like in the, you know, anyone on Twitter. So, um, so Bijan, he's my guy. And quite frankly, in any league, that's two receivers, two wide receivers or two receivers, two running backs. I'm taking Bijan at the one Oh three. So, um, you are seeing him start to creep up and go mid mid first round, mid late mid mid late first rounds. But I'm taking him at the 103 behind Jamar Chase and Jefferson uh, in a two running back two two wide receiver league. That's how strongly I feel about him. So I felt like I had him have him on this list. Um, I don't really need to get into why. Um, I'll let Shane co-sign this um, and, and give a little Bijan. But you guys know how much I love him, so he's on my list. Yeah, I think you're the only other person I that has felt as strongly as I have that I've seen online. I remember saying, you know, back when the mini camps were open, I'm taking Bijan over Eckler, which was crazy, I think. But now I think you see it almost everywhere. Yeah. I just think like his explosiveness, I think it is, it is you're going to look at the years Barkley and Zeke both had. And that's almost 2,000 combined yards and 20 combined touchdowns. I really think that's coming. Yeah. Um, and, and his ability to catch the ball is insane. Like yep. <laughs> people don't yeah. really realize yet what his, like you hear about it, but I think until you see what he's going to do in the pass game as well, um, which just unlocks a whole different level of running back, right? So the, right now the focus is, oh, if Cordell Patterson and – uh, Algier can have 4.8 and 4.9 yards per rush under in that offense. Bijan is a way better talent, but that, that, that the way he receives the ball is going to be a whole different like wave of hype when, after, you know, those highlights come through the first few games. So, you know, Ryan's trying to talk. 
Um, yeah, we have a little bit of a mic, uh, a mic, uh, two check one, two check one, two. There, there we go. Hey, um, yes, no, I just wanted to add, um, we saw what Algier did there over a thousand yards last year, and he is not as talented as Bijan, so the sky's the limit for Bijan. Um, but yeah, Mike, I'm, I'm glad you added Bijan and Josh Allen. Those really are your guys. Yeah. And I was just kind of joking. I was like, it's not like you're taking Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, you know, it's close, but you know, it's not that egregious. So I think you're totally fine there, but yeah, yeah. Bijan, we've seen it before. Uh, these rookie running backs come into the NFL and they just break the league. Yeah. It happens year after year after year. And Bijan is next up. Yeah. And Shane, we haven't known each other this long, but I've felt that way about Bijan since his freshman year in college. Um, <laughs> literally like has been saying, watch out for this guy. Um, and wherever he would have ended up, I would felt the same way about him. Uh, he can literally play anywhere and make that big of a difference. And then adding landing in Atlanta was just perfect because of, Arthur Smith's style of football and then how much they're going to lean on him in that young core of an offense. So yeah, no brainer to me. Uh, who do you got? So my next, my guy, and these are all kind of, you're going to see, I've got two running backs and they all fall in the same range, which I love when you're looking at rounds, you know, four through seven. So like I love Aaron Jones looking at him in round four, you go, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. Jones is the perfect RB1 to anchor yeah. your team. Um, when you're looking, I totally mean, agree. when we're talking about, you're talking about Josh Allen consistency. I mean, that's what you're getting with Aaron Jones, but nobody seems to talk about it. I mean, I top 12, the last four years in a row. Um, People were fading know, him last year. Because Dylan yeah. was supposed to break out. They are fading him. And like yeah, which as never big happened. of a disaster of a team the Packers were, what was he, like RB10, 9 or 10? He's still, you know, top 10 running back. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, so I agree uh, on Jones. I, to be honest, that was one of the first, like, eye-opening moments for me when I started getting into mocks this year is, like, in best balls especially – hammering wide receiver early and being like, wait, we can get Aaron Jones. <laughs> like, yeah. In, yeah. In order, you can get Aaron Jones, JK Dobbins and Cam Akers. Like, yeah. yeah. Being able to start the heavy wide receiver and then get those three guys. It's just insane. So yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you have Aaron Jones on your list and he was definitely in consideration along with someone who just mentioned Cam Akers, like honorable mention for me is Cam Akers. I love drafting him in the middle rounds in the quote unquote running back dead zone, which I don't think is a thing this year. I mean, I will see what happens, but there's so many running backs in the dead zone quote unquote that I like this year. So uh, yeah. makers definitely yeah. deserves a mention. Yeah. And you talked about Dobbins. So I have him on my, uh, my guys list and you're, I'm going to have, you're going to hear another uh, Ravens player here later on. Ravens are, my number two pick for Super Bowl champion this year. Um, I am so excited to see that offense. I just think like obviously bringing in Munkin and and speeding things up a bit is huge, but the fact that there's no more drama with Lamar, JK looked healthy last year and looked great when healthy, and getting Zay Flowers and then a healthy Andrews. Well, Andrews supposedly had a got dinged up a little bit, but with a healthy offense there, the way that they all complement one another, I just think that's going to be such an exciting, fast-paced offense. 
so many weapons. Um, the way that Flowers and Andrews complement one another, it's just going to open things up for Dobbins. And then the threat for Lamar to run. There's just so much room for Dobbins to have rushing success there that you give him an open field and he's gone. That's just the type of runner he is. He is a creative runner and he eats up yards and gets in the end zone. So I don't, what is he being drafted at now currently at ADP? Like RB 21 or something like that. Is, is that accurate? This mic thing is an issue. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I have him, I think, as my RB14. Um, yeah. So, I, and his, he has top 10 upside. So I, I love yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Um, but, yeah, um, do, what, do you have anything to add there, Shane? No, I think just the other thing to add is, like, they also, I don't remember what the number is, but, like, Lamar Jackson's not ran for touchdowns inside the five a lot the last two years. No. Like it is a small amount. Like all of his touchdown runs are been longer ones. And so it's not like he doesn't have these goal line opportunities. He's going to have those like Lamar's not taking those, taking those away anymore. No, no. Um, they, and, and the Ravens prefer to do that in general, to just like securely pound the ball when they get close. Um, yeah. Richard, you know, 300 pound fullback get in there and, and take up some space and let the running back go to work. So, um, yeah, so I have Bijan JK. Do you have, do you have any others to add chain? I know you have, uh, Aaron Jones. Um, so then the next one will be our, our, our favorite disagreement is Mr. Alexander Madison. Yeah. So, uh, Lay it on me. Uh, so for me, so there's a couple of things. Everybody, I think everybody in the fantasy world knows the stats about when Dalvin Cook was gone. You know, he averaged 20 points a game and everything. So everybody knows that stats. What I think is interesting to point out about Madison is two things. So a lot of times when I'm going to be on a guy, I like to see what the team is telling me. Okay. And so the team made an effort first thing this offseason. They signed him to a two-year, $7 million deal like six and a half of it was guaranteed. So that shows me they were making a commitment to him, knowing that they were going to probably let go of Cook. Um, you know, the second thing is, is I'm following the what the crumb, so what they're doing. He hasn't seen a carry at all in the preseason. To me, that's saying we are going to save him. He's the bell cow guy. He's the three down guy. Um, he doesn't have much competition you know ty chandler's kind of emerging as his backup maybe but that's nothing i'm too worried about yeah um it's definitely like one of our biggest disagreements one of our very few disagreements um and for me it's just like all watching him run i just don't like it i, I think he gets you the yards that are given to him but i just don't think he's got like great second level burst or he doesn't really make guys miss i mean he is in a good offense with a really good running back role and i think like you're saying they're gonna give him every opportunity to succeed and run away with that job and be the bell cow like in terms of bell cow running backs especially being drafted where he is it's probably worth that risk um, I just like, I just don't like him. I, I really don't. I don't like him as a runner. Um, so 
The other thing that I don't like is that they think that this is their division and then their schedule starts out so difficult. Like their home games are against the Chargers, Chiefs, and Niners to start the year. So if they get into a hole where they're two and four, two and five, at what point are they like starting to scramble and think like, all right, what are we going to do to change and get some, what are, what are we going to do to, to, we need to start doing something different. So, you know, if, and I'm not necessarily saying Ty Chandler is this incredible backup that's nipping at his heels, but if he comes in and looks good, has a couple, you know, looks good in pass protection, catches a few, catches a few screens and has good runs, then I could just see him, eating away a little bit at that bell cow roll and, and seeing a production split slip his way a little bit. So that, that also kind of worries me, but I get it. Good ADP. Given that he stepped yeah. in and had 20 points per game when cook was out and him being the bell cow, I think his ADP should just be higher and it's not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree for me. It's it. When I look at, the numbers when he started obviously Shane you mentioned it, everybody knows him but what stands out to me it's his success was not sporadic it was consistent it's like every single time he got the opportunity to be the lead back for the Vikings he succeeded with like 20 carries over 100 yards and like an average of four receptions like it's it, it's hard to say that that that's not going to happen when he gets the ball because it has happened every time He's gotten the lead role. So yeah. for me, that's what it comes down to is the consistency at which he succeeded uh, when he was the lead back. So, yeah. And I'm definitely at a disadvantage in that argument because of exactly what you just said, Ryan, like every time he had the opportunity success um, and then Shane, they're, you know, they're getting rid of cook. They made that known early on um, handing him the bell cow role. Like, I don't have much of an argument or much to say back to that other than like, I just don't like what he looks like on film, which how good of an argument is that it's not really that good. I think my best argument is the schedule thing, honestly. And that's more of like a narrative than it is statistics or facts. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and have a, passionate argument about it because I know I'm at a disadvantage walking into it. I just wouldn't be surprised if Ty Chandler takes over some of that um, production as they are sitting two and six in their first eight games. Um, but anyways, do you have anyone else, Shane? Uh, the last running back I had real quick, we don't spend a lot of time, but please, like, I don't know. I'll see what you guys think. Why is there such a big ADP discrepancy between David Montgomery and Gibbs? Like there is a too big of a gap still that I'm seeing and I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, I mean, well what's that contract that they gave Montgomery? Cause they paid him some money too. Yeah. It was a good contract. It was like 6 million a year yeah. for three years. Yeah. So, you know, the lions, they, um, you know, they target their running backs the last two years. They were in the top six and running back targets, you know, gone is 45 carries from Jamal Williams inside the 10 and all of his goal line touchdowns. They're not giving that to Gibbs, obviously, you know, Gibbs is still a rookie where Montgomery is the established veteran. 
you know, and then there's this like notion that Montgomery can't catch, you know? Yeah. And he had like a 50. Oh, he was a great, he was yeah. a great receiver in Chicago. Like yeah. over 55% route participation, 88% catch rate, um, like eight yards per catch, which was like fifth in the league for running backs. I mean, I mean, eight yards per yeah. target, like he can catch the ball so he can still be in there on third downs. Yeah. Like I don't think there's much negative things bears fans can say about Montgomery. He was a great running back when he was, <laughs> when he was in uh, Chicago, he really was. Um, he just yeah. wasn't really on like the best teams to be honest, but um, he's replacing, he's stepping into a role that's re- going to be replacing 17 rushing touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like even if he gets nine, that's, a pretty significant amount. You know what I mean? Um, so I could easily see him having double digits, rushing touchdowns. Um, and you're right. Like to me, Gibbs is going to be great and he's going to have a huge role in the offense. That's why they drafted him so early, but they're going to get creative with Gibbs. They're going to put, they're going to have them both on the field at once. You know, they're not, there's never going to be a scenario this year where Gibbs is the lead back and Montgomery just kind of, hedges drives to give Gibbs uh rest. So yeah, I should be on Montgomery more than I am. Uh, I hope I get him in a couple drafts based on what round he's going in. So um, I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I love Montgomery this year, uh, but I, I guess I have been overlooking him. I just don't have him ranked that much higher than his ADP. I do have him higher, but not by much. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he is going to get a ton of work over there. So uh, we'll see what that amounts to, but it, it should be pretty good. Uh, Mike, let's, let's jump into wide receivers. Who do you go on to kick us off? Who do you got for uh, your, my guy? I'm going to go receiver? guys. I'm going to go two at once just cause um, they're kind of both in the same position, but uh, Brandon, Ayuk and George Pickens. Ayuk, um, I think showed last year, he's the best receiving target on the 49ers. Um, I, I just think he's taking a step forward this year as well. Um, you know, Purdy slash Darnold, um, being the two quarterbacks there only benefits Ayuk. Um, so I'm just, I'm super high on Ayuk, especially where, um, he's being drafted. He's being drafted behind that, like Judy Allen, McLaurin, um, Debo, Michael Pittman. He's being like, he's like the afterthought in that range of players. And I like him way more than all of them. So if we're sitting in a draft where those players are going off the board and I can sit there, sit back and get Ayuk like maybe a round later than I have him valued at. I mean, he's my wide receiver 15. Um, so if I can get him, his ADPs, you know, mid to mid early twenties, if I can get him at my, my wide receiver 15 that late, that's a, almost automatic pick. I think I've seen him on basically every roster of mine because of that. Yeah. I, I've seen Ayuk go pretty late. Like his ADP may, may even be like the back end of the twenties um, right now, like almost even thirties. Yeah. Double check it right now. Cause I, I, you know, at one point in the season we had him up at like 15, 16, 17 and he was in the low thirties. So um, yeah, you can definitely grab some value if you wait on him since where you have him ranked. But uh yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love those two picks. I mean, Pickens and, and Ayuk are... 29. Uh, so, yeah, 29. He's even later than I thought. There you go. I, I just think of him 
because I take him ahead of those guys, but I have him as my wide receiver 15 and he's being drafted at 29. I mean, that disparity is insane. Yeah. Um, so he's behind, um, everyone we just talked about Hopkins, Moore, McLaurin, Judy, Watson, Mike Williams, Godwin, London, and Lockett. I mean, I'm taking Brandon Ayuk before Lockett 10 out of 10 times. It's almost like Montgomery and Gibbs, like that gap (laughs) with him, with Ayuk and Samuel. Yeah, Debo's wide receiver 17. Yeah, and it's closing. It used to be a bigger gap, and I just didn't understand when he dusted him last year in every receiving category on the team. And just even if you didn't look at the stats, like eyeball test, you could see he is the more gifted receiver, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, and then Pickens, like I just have him closing that gap on Deontay. I think this year he's going to be wide receiver one. I think, I don't know how many times in these podcasts I've said Pickett and Pickens chemistry <laughs> is just special. <laughs> Did you guys see that catch that he had tonight on Thursday week, yeah. or Thursday oh night week? My God. Like yeah. that, those are the kind great. of catches that you're going to see because Pickett just knows he just knows if I have him one on one going deep, not only is it not going to get it intercepted because of how athletic he is, there's a good chance I just throw it up there and and Pickett get comes down with that ball. Well, you're seeing Pickett throw perfect balls to him now on the sidelines. Yeah. So like their chemistry is just so good. And I think it's gonna I mean, I've said it a million times. It's gonna they're they're growth is going to be expedited because of that chemistry they have with one another. Um, but yeah. Well, and the sheer talent with, that's Pickens. what I mean. I mean, raw talent, right? Ryan Clark, you heard Ryan Clark come out and say yeah. that George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah. and I mean, you see, I mean, honestly, I see more spectacular catches out of George Pickens than I see out of Justin Jefferson. Not to, not to say that, Jefferson doesn't have spectacular catches. He has he had one of the greatest, probably the greatest catch of all year last year um, with that helmet behind the thing catch. You know, that was unbelievable. But it seems like Pickett is doing that kind of stuff like every day in camp. Like every day I keep seeing these different catches. So, uh, yeah, he has crazy potential. And I I mean, I said this before to Mike, I I think, you know, pretty soon within a couple of years, we're going to be talking you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, George Pickens. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I just, I, I hope so. Um, but I think it's going to be a huge step forward this year. He is the wide receiver 34 right now. Uh, Shane, I, I, you've said that I kind of put you on Pickens and you're warming up to him. So I want to hear your take uh, and what you, how you felt about him and then where you feel about him now. I mean, obviously, the camp hype and seeing, I mean, he had a touchdown last week and maybe even week one, but let's hear what your kind of evolution on coming on the Pickens train is like. Yeah. So full disclosure. So for the sports ethos draft guide I have, we did a, I did a boom bust for every team and I had Pickens as a bust because I just, he had such a limited route tree last year. He was either like 45% of his routes were either go routes or sideline routes. He was getting nothing in the intermediate routes tree. And so I just thought, you know, that I didn't think in a PPR league, he was going to have a very safe floor, but, you know, I started hearing some of those camp reports about he was getting more of those routes. And then, you know, 
you kept talking him up. And so I kept, so I started watching him in the preseason and that chemistry is there. And he just, he just is so dynamic. It's, it's another one of those eye test things where he is just so dynamic. I, when I revised that article, that was one of my major revisions with, was him and James Cook were my top two revisions for must yeah. that I changed completely. on. Yeah. I mean, Pickens, I think his touchdown in preseason was a slant. Wasn't it? Yep. That yeah. he, 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 he runs a slant and you just see how athletic he is. And he's such a tough, tough son of a bitch. Like he goes yeah. across the middle and he's like, yeah, you should be the one scared. You know what I mean? Like and he, yeah. he catches the ball and has that aggression. <laughs> and then the way that he, uh, athletically, the way that he just made makes a cut and he's gone. Um, so Ooh. hopefully you see a lot. I, I know last year, like, I was very high on him again last year and he had some good games and, you know, he quietly had a great rookie season, but you know, they were such a mess. There was just no hype around it. Uh, the Steelers were just so bad all year, but he's going to be unleashed this year and the Steelers are going to be a lot better of a football team. And you're just going to continue to see plays between Pickett and Pickens all year. I think that's like, whoa, you know, um, so that's my, th- those are my, my receivers, my guys. Um, I'll pass it on, uh, Ryan, you go ahead and give us your receiver. Yeah. Hopefully my mic works for this. Um, uh, my receivers, my guys are the Cleveland Browns receivers. Okay. Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. I am really high in Amari Cooper and I'm also really high in Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is going so, excuse me, I'll just beer. Uh, Elijah Moore is going so late. Um, Amari Cooper last year, we saw it, man. He was a top 10 receiver. He was ranked number 10 last year in PPR leagues. And now I think everybody would agree that this offense is going to be better. You got, um, you got Deshaun Watson, who's got a fully, a fully healthy off season with these guys and they're humming and, you know, Chubb's going to be making that run game look really spectacular with Jerome Ford which is even going to open up the passing game even more. So um, if if Amari Cooper was able to be a top 10 receiver last year and now he has a fully healthy season with De- um, Deshaun Watson, I mean, am I crazy to think he's a top five type of ceiling? Like, I don't think so. Like, I think he's definitely has that ability in him still. And if Deshaun can get him the ball. So um, that's a very bullish take on it. But I also think. He's being drafted too late. I have him uh, well inside my top 15. I don't have it right in front of me, but um, uh, I have him ahead of a lot of guys. So really high on him. And then Elijah Moore, man, we've heard the talks from camp about him. The coach is calling him positionless. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be out split. He's going to be split out wide. He's going to be all over the field, and he's going to be getting the ball. They're going to be manufacturing touches for this guy. They know what, what type of weapon he is for this offense. And I think the, the offense is going to run with Nick Chubb, Elijah Moore, and Amari Cooper. And you you can get a good value on Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore in drafts. Yeah, I want to step in and just give my take because I know Shane's got an opposing take on this with Cooper. Um, so, yeah, I think Cooper's incredibly talented and he's a ball hawk. Um, and I do think that the Browns are – should be a lot better offensively and as a football team in general. Um, they're in such a good division. Um, so I agree with you on Cooper and I do see myself taking him almost the same as Aaron Jones or like 
if I go running back, running back, and Cooper's my wide receiver one, I'm I'm comfortable. I'd rather have one of those top tier wide receivers in every single draft. But if so, for some reason, you know, we just did a best ball and had um, had Bijan and Barkley and Cooper was our wide receiver one, feel fine there. And his ceiling, his ceiling's top. I mean, in order for him to be top five or be number five, he's going to need Deshaun to have one of those top five quarterback seasons that we saw with him him in uh in houston so can that happen yes do i think it happens i'm hesitant to say yes but um regardless he is a ball hawk and he gets the ball and he has those massive plays i i'm a i'm a big cooper guy so i'm cool with that i i can co-sign that take but um yeah in terms of Elijah, that is like a big swing for me that I think connects because um, I do think they're going to get creative. And you've heard me say the whole him and Watson are looking for redemption and they're going to find it together thing. So I am still on the Browns, uh, but I am worried because that division's so good and a lot could go wrong pretty quickly. And they're just the Browns. But um, yeah, I, I, I like them both for sure. All right, I'm going to pull my uh, – I'll be Jon Snow versus the White Walkers here yeah. on the Rose Show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to hear it. I do. I just – to spend a third-round third draft pick and your number, possibly your number one wide receiver on a guy that you can only start half of the games during a year. Cooper, the last two years, has been on average like wide receiver 44 or something on road games. He's awful. And that includes last year when he was wide receiver two in the quote-unquote road game in Detroit that got moved. It was supposed to be in Buffalo. They played it in Detroit. Yeah. So if you want to sit there and be able to play him all the home games, but if if I'm spending a third-round pick, I want to be able to start him in more than just – half the game so i think that's my one big dislike on cooper and this even goes back i mean that's the last two years but i mean as a cowboys fan i remember the same thing he was not for some reason the guy would not show up on road games and tough road games i don't know what it is about his mentality um and then the other thing i don't think people mention and i could be off but i kind of think cedric tillman may be something there yeah he's good he looks good. Maybe he eats away a little bit of those downfield targets that Cooper was getting. Um, so that's kind of where I had a Cooper. I like Elijah Moore. That's a guy you should target. I think in PPR, he's a good, he could be, have a good safe floor um, as a bench receiver. Um, so I'm going to punch back at you here. Um, and some of that, like last year, like it's just going to be a different team. Like Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball is not Deshaun Watson throwing the ball. Um, I know it's better. It's better. <laughs> it's better Brissett throwing the ball than Deshaun Watson. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, that is like the easy knock, right? Is since Deshaun has been back in, you're actually hearing some, you know, there are some negative conversation around him throwing the ball this offseason but 
I've watched so much Deshaun Watson and he's so talented that I just don't, th- I think he, he's still young enough that like, he's got to have a resurgence in his career. Like this, he, we, we we're going to have to see, I am more confident in Deshaun Watson having a resurgence than I am on the Browns, like being a super bowl contender. Um, but like, I, I just think when Amari Cooper gets 10 plus targets a game, he gets, you know, those seven or eight catches, which is always going to lead to a hundred yards and he scores touchdowns. Um, you know, last year at Buffalo, is the is that the game that that's the game that got moved? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was gonna point to that. Game. <laughs> I was gonna point to that game and be very happy. But no, like Shane, you're you're right though. But here, here's a swing and misses. Yeah, so, week 14, 13, 14, both away. Week ten away, he has. Seven points, eight points, seven points. And then at Atlanta, two points. At Carolina, four points. So those are his swings and misses. All all of those were later on in the season, right? When, when Watson uh, he, came back. His first game was a dud. Um, but anyway, so then you have these games where he's nine for 100 and a touchdown. Eight, eight seven for 100 and a touchdown. I mean five for 131 and a touchdown. Like he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games over 20 points. I want to say four of those are over 25. And one of them that is that Buffalo game where he had 35. So, I mean, he does sometimes in fantasy football, if a guy is what you're alluding to as a boom bust receiver and he can win you weeks just on getting a 35 point week, 25 point weeks from that receiver position. I mean, as long as he's having those boom weeks more than, uh, more than bust weeks, then you're probably in a good spot. That being said, spending that third round capital on that is concerning. You want the consistency, but I don't know. I, I just think that Deshaun Watson, I'm, my confidence lies in Deshaun Watson, and I just hope he shows up as a real quarterback again because he was so good <laughs> for so long. <laughs> yeah, I, that's and like what the one thing I was going to bring up kind of punches back on myself and helps Shane's argument there. When Deshaun came back on the team, don't let like, Don Snow beat Amari, the White Walkers. <laughs> no, I okay, I'm just helping him out a little bit, okay. But no, but Shane, this it's true. You know, when when you saw Deshaun Watson come back with the Browns last year, Amari's Cooper, Amari Cooper's production just just went downhill the rest of the season. Like he got, he was a he was a number ten receiver last year because of how prolific he was with Brissett. But I think that just goes to show how much um, rust Deshaun Watson had, and he just wasn't ready to come back in and and. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like I, I'm confident that with the offseason, with the moves the Browns made and who I think Deshaun Watson is as a player, I I just I, I can't imagine that that failure continues. And I, I think they bounce back. And Amari Cooper has if he was a top 10 receiver with that adversity last year, top five is definitely in the possibilities for me. Yeah. So, uh, Shane, I want to hear about your there's definitely some bad taste from the Cowboys. Like you've watched more Cowboy football than us. So like, what is your distaste for him 
being a cowboy, like just the home away thing that you've been. Yeah. It's just the home away thing. Yeah. You know, home away. But I also, don't you think, answer me this, like, don't you think there's also more and better competition for targets this year in Cleveland also? So like, I'm not, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I'm just not a DPJ guy. I hear like, a lot of people are and think that he's like a legitimate threat to take away target share. I don't really, I mean, and Joku should have more of a trying to get him more involved, you know, more and more. And, and quite frankly, like Deshaun does like his tight ends, but Cooper's a ball. Yeah. Hawk. Like Cooper. That's, that's what I was going to bring up. He's targets a game. And when that happens, he scores a touchdown and gets a hundred yards. So I don't know. To me, He's just like the same type of receiver as, uh, in a sense, I'm not doing a direct comparison, but the way that DeAndre Hopkins commands targets, the way that Devontae Adams demands targets, they're so good on the football field that you just throw them the ball so much. Like Omari Cooper, during his career, he's had games with like 15, 16, 17 receptions scattered throughout the career, but that's the type of player he is. He's that prolific on the field. He's that good of a talented wide receiver that I just think in that Browns offense, Deshaun is just going to be looking to him almost every single play. Yeah. Like I'll chalk him up for 80, 80, 80 catches, 1200 yards and eight touchdowns as like what my realistic projection for him would be this year. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm happy with that type of production out of a third round receiver. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I'm scared for the Browns. It's like you just have to do it this year, you know? Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. That's going to be something that we're watching like pretty closely. It's one of those teams that could have a wide range of outcomes. Um, but the defense is there. Chubb's going to have a huge role. I just want to see them. I need to see it. I, I, I understand, Shane, like we have to see it to truly believe it, right? Um, so that's kind of what he is. And if – you know, you're not willing to spend the third round capital on it. I totally get it. But yeah, I, I like Amari. Um, let's get into tight ends. Ryan. Wait, did, did we do, did Shane, did you go through your wide receiver, Shane? Yeah. I mean, there was just one more. I don't think we, you know, that, uh, St. Brown. Oh yeah. He's my, Sorry. he's my Bijan. That's all right. He's my Bijan. You know, everybody's on him, but you know, I, I've been on him for a while. I made a trade in a keeper league last year where I gave up Devonte Adams for him in a deal just because I, you know, I kind of saw the talent and, um, you know, it's I saw this stat somewhere. I don't know who it was, but you know, I think he only had five touchdowns. But the guy was tackled inside <laughs> the five yard line seven times. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get up to double digit touchdowns. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, he will. And then I think this time next year, we will see in every mock draft, he's going in the first round. Yeah, well, he's he's close. He's close this year. Very close yeah. to being in the first round. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I have no reservations on that take. Yeah. Uh, Amon Ra is going to have a dominant year, especially with Jameson Williams out those first six weeks. Yeah. So, and like um, and then Laporta's the tight end. It's not Hawkinson. Right. Yeah. So like it, He's going to be talk about a ball hawk. Like he's going to be getting an insane amount of targets this year in an offense. That's going to score a lot of points in a weak division with horrible defenses. 
Um, I love that. I, I, I need to be rostering him more than I have. Um, and yeah. actually you've been seeing, like I've seen him in best ball underdog, best ball drafts go as high as like one Oh seven. Um, so, you know, people are onto him like you are, um, and he's fallen to the second round. That's probably someone we should be targeting a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then you, you also have uh, Mr. Yahan. I want you to talk about him as well. I saw that you had a yeah. Yahan. Yeah. Yahan. Yeah. So even before the injury for Scary Terry, I was not a McLaurin guy. I was always just, hey, wait two rounds later, whatever, take Dotson. Um, you know, the guy like last year, like I think he had 35 catches, but like half of the games, he was a top 25 guy. You know, so he was super efficient, you know, now maybe is he not that super as efficient this year? Uh, who knows? But I guarantee you he's getting more than 35 catches. Yeah, That's going to go way up. Yep. Um, you know, and like last year, he did not play a lot in the slot position. For some reason, they kept wheeling out there in his wheelchair, Curtis Samuel, for some reason to play the slot, <laughs> which makes no sense to me. I got to think Eric B is much smarter than that. And they put Dotson in oh, more that yeah. slot position. And so that, I mean, you get in that slot, you line him up now in the slot position and catches are going to go up dramatically. Yeah. The, yeah. Especially from Howell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Howell's looking good, man. Howell's looking good. A lot of it's going to, a lot of that production is going to, be contingent on Howell's success, which like he slings the ball. So he's going to, he, he may be one of those guys that has like high interception numbers unless the enemy can keep him out of that, but he's going to be slinging the ball. I'm, I agree. I think uh, a little bit less than Pickens, but he's nipping at Terry's heels to be the number one guy uh, just from like red zone targets. I mean, like he, he, I think he, I think he had seven touchdowns in those 35 catches. Um, so, you know, he's their guy that they look to towards the end zone. I think the knock on him is like pure athleticism, maybe size a little bit, but he's one of those guys that can find space, play breaks down. He's open, um, kind of becomes like a quarterback's best friend. I would definitely like, he's one of the, I completely co-signed this. He's one of my guys. If I could have Ayuk Pickens and Dotson late round wide receivers on every team, I would. Um, so yeah, I completely agree there. Um, again, I also like Anthony Antonio Gibson on that team. So like, do I want to roster Gibson and Dotson on every team? <laughs> I don't know that I love having that much in, in the commander's it's, office, especially, but like, yeah, your outlook on the commanders, you don't think they're going to be very good this year. So it's, it's uh, it's tough when you don't think yeah, the team's going to be good, but you like almost every one of their players, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's like baked into their ADP, and that's why I kind of like them, right? Like Antonio Gibson, I'm just a believer in him over Robinson. I like that. I mean, you saw how Biennemi brought him out of the backfield on that um, route over the middle. Um, score a touchdown. Like he's – I don't know. But, yeah, love Dotson. Um, so – Recapping the wide receivers, Ayuk, Pickens, Amon Ra, Dotson, Cooper, Elijah Moore. Um, you'll be seeing all of those players on my draft board, so I'm, I'm very happy uh, w- with all of our selections there. Tight ends, I have Mark Andrews, who another kind of like Allen, like I think he's going to have a huge year and be one of those like separator type tight ends that we've seen out of him in the past. 
Um, I love that offense. I already talked about that. So Andrews is a guy that I just feel safe taking in the third round if he's there. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid. I mean, I've probably been as big on Bijan as I have Kincaid, and that's because did people just not believe the narrative that he's going to be used as a receiver? Like, <laughs> like they literally said that when they drafted him and people just like disregarded it and just started yelling rookie tight end, rookie tight end. And I've just been sitting here drafting him. I think our exposure on underdog is over 50% on him. Like yeah. I can draft him as tight end 13 and he's comfortably going to be top five. If he is used as a wide receiver, which he's lined mm -hmm. up there more than tight end. So Dalton Kincaid for me is just like, I don't care if I already have drafted Andrews. I almost never go to tight ends, but I'm just drafting Kincaid solely because I can line him up as a tight end or in the flex at this point, because he's going to be such a big part of an offense that I think is going to be one of the best, if not the best in the league. Yeah, that's a, those are two great tight ends and, um, this wouldn't be my guys without you taking Dalton Kincaid, Mike. So uh, I love that. Just very, very much you. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. He's being drafted outside the top 12, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I also want to say like what I did in your dynasty league, I traded, I had two first rounders, which ended up being um, JSN and, and, and Gibbs. I traded both of those and another first rounder that I got last year that I picked up last year from Alvin Kamara trade. Um, just because I needed to be John. I'm like, I'm not leaving this draft three, without three first rounders. Like, Shane, he gave three. up. For and I understand that's an overpay, like in a lot of people's minds, but I think Bijan's going to be that special in the league and he's going to just be a cheat code for a while. But then I also traded my second rounder and a third rounder to move up to the beginning of the second and grab Kincaid. So this is not like hopping on the train after we've seen what they've done in camp kind of things. Like I've had my eyes set on them and I think I've only been happier to see how things are playing out. Um, but yeah, Shane, give us your, uh, your Kincaid uh, take. Cause I know you love him too. Yeah, just real quick, it's like, you know, people just love to throw at you the rookie tight end stats. And I'm like, this guy is not a rookie tight end. He's a wide receiver, but, hey, you get to put him in the tight end slot. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Like, I can see a world this year where he outperforms Kyle Pitts. I really can. For sure, yeah. I could 100% yeah. see that happening. And like you said, he's going outside the top ten but he has probably one of the best shots to be top five of anybody else. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, like literally when they drafted him, coaches came out and said, we're going to put him in the Beasley role and see how he does. Um, and you know what? Like Beasley at one point in the Bills offense, people were rostering him because he was getting seven catches, you know, mm -hmm. um, and Kincaid's yeah. just going to be more of a force in the end zone because of his size and the mismatches he, he, he has out there. So, you know, it, it's like a Beasley role, but it's way more expanded upon that because of his athleticism and his ability to catch the ball and it, like his size. I mean, then you see them play two tight ends. Their line is probably the one 
knock on that offense and that team is that offensive line, but they're confident that they can line up Knox and Kincaid in the line and kind of make up for that. So he's just going to be on the field the entire game. He's not, I don't know. I I love him, but that's, that's all I, I, I'll, I'll rest my case on Kincaid draft him literally on every team or you're a fool. Yeah. Yeah. I have someone uh, being disrespected uh, just like Kincaid uh, and that's Greg Dulcich. Uh, Greg Dulcich for me, he's being drafted outside of the top 15, but I have him inside my top 10. I have him at number eight and I still feel like that could be low. Like don't like, especially now with the Jerry Judy is out for several weeks with a hamstring injury. Um, now I feel even better about my take on Dulcich, but I mean, you heard Sean Payton right when he got into camp, uh, right when camp started, he was just glowing reviews about Greg Dulcich, how he's, he could be the joker of the offense, creating mismatches all over the field. Like the guy is just so spectacular. If you watch his film, you see what we're talking about. The guy is just crazy talented. Uh, I love drafting Dulcich. Getting him late in drafts just seems unfair to me, and I'm just doing it in almost every single draft. I'm grabbing Dulcich for sure. Yeah. So, what I want, I have a question for Shane because I genuinely don't know. What is he's been steamed the wrong way lately? People are off of Dulcich more as of recent, and Mm -hmm. what? Why is that? Is it because of what his route run i like it's it's something to do with purely just russell wilson being trash yeah it's comical you know it is you know what it is it is because you know it's preseason games and people are freaking about freaking out about adam troutman out snapping him with the first team and please tell me the last time that adam troutman took away targets or outproduced anybody in the tight end room at new orleans yeah. No, so that's, no. I wanted to hear you say that no. because that's what I thought it was. And I yeah. just thought there would maybe something else that I was missing, but he's down at, he's on underdog. Now he's tight end 18 because of that narrative. Yep. Um, and to me, it's crazy to like Dulcich is so talented as, as a receiver. And we've seen the way that Peyton likes to get receivers involved. Peyton came out and said, this guy's going to be like a unicorn for our offense. Cause we're going to line him up with these mismatch. Like I just don't really understand why he's being steamed the wrong way right now, no. but um, I'm here for it because yeah. I would love to, you know, pit, scoop him up any, anytime I can. So. Yeah. And then my, my last tight end uh, to wrap up my guys is someone being drafted even later. You can get him even later. You don't, you might not even have to draft this guy. He's basically going you undrafted. Mike yeah, Kosicki. you don't have to. Mike, yeah, no, you don't. No, he's going undrafted. But he's someone that I want on my team because I think, number one, the Patriots don't have a strong wide receiving core. Yeah, they got, you know, Douglas. Uh, he, he's intriguing. You know, they, they paid Juju. Uh, they paid Devontae Parker. I, I don't. I don't really think that they're really going to be that much of a factor. I think the way that they talk about Kosicki, they went and got Kosicki, and they look at him as a tight end wide receiver hybrid, just like we're talking about with Kincaid. Like in practices, they said that Kosicki is working with the wide receivers. He's not even working with the tight ends. Like they don't view him as that your typical tight end, like Hunter Henry. Like I, I don't, I don't, I agree with the narrative that Hunter Henry is going to get a ton of the work because I think Gasicki's just playing that whole different role. It's it's very similar to the Dawson Knox and Kincaid version to me. It's just the Patriots version. And 
I think with the lacks the lack of weapons in the receiving room for Mac Jones, uh, I think he can form a nice connection, especially in the red zone with uh, Mike Kosicki. I was going to be. Could you, could you give us the Mike Kosicki gritty dance to kind of hammer home that take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I wish I could. I, I wish I could. I would. I would if I. Could. I was gonna say. I was gonna be very civil with your take until you brought up Dalton Kincaid. Don't you fucking dare <laughs> compare Mike Gesicki <laughs> to Dalton Kincaid. Don't I'm talking you do about that. the role. I'm talking about the role. The way that they're talking about Kincaid used as a receiver, they're saying the same thing about Mike Gesicki with the Patriots. So I, I guess like. I guess I don't I'm not as much on that train as you right now just because like I need to see that before I believe it. I just like don't I don't know how much I I just don't know enough about the Patriots to to be completely honest. I've just put them at like so far out of sight that I haven't paid attention to anything going on in New England cuz I'm not interested in Mac Jones. Well, I'm you, not interested in You do know you do know Bill O'Brien is back with the team. I know that. And and, and, and I did hear the coaches better. say they are they look at Henry and Gasicki as Gronk and the guy who's no longer with us. Um so like I'm intrigued at how they're gonna and I think they need the tight ends to be that important in order for them to have success. Um I just I don't know. I I just don't know enough. I hope I never watch the Patriots this year on, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel. All right. That. Let's each run through our guys and then um, and, and then close this out. I have Josh Allen quarterback, Josh Herbert at, at quarterback as well. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. Tie. Uh, sorry, Bijan Robinson, J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Ayuk. George Pickens, Mark Andrews, Dalton Kincaid. Those are my guys. My guys are Justin Fields, quarterback one in my heart, um, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Amari Cooper, slash Elijah Moore, uh, and then also Dulcich and Gasicki. Yep. My guys. My guys are quarterbacks one through eight. Take them. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Jones. Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> uh, Aaron Jones, Alexander Madison, David Montgomery, uh, wide receivers, Yahan Dotson, uh, Aron St. Brown, um, and then uh, tight end Pat Fryermuth. Oh, yeah. You're going to talk Fryermuth. Let's talk about him. I, I had you on Kincaid. Let's talk Fryermuth. That's right. Real quick, yeah, just uh, a, a late round guy that you can take. You know, if you're going to wait on position, he got half the red zone targets last year, but only two receiving touchdowns. But you know, they only threw for like twelve last year as a team. It was pretty pathetic. Yeah. So, and he's another guy like he runs a lot of the routes out of the slot position. So, yeah, um, I like Muth. I, I've always said he's like he just reminds me of Keith Miller out there. Um, but he's, you know, a huge part. Yeah. He's got, he has one of the best nicknames. Yeah. Too. Uh, love that. And I, so I, I do like Friar Muth. Um, and we're also putting Ayuk on your board for sure. Yep. And Bijan. 
um, and, and Kincaid, of course. So um, I do want to apologize. That was the second time that I left out a player of yours. Um, we were, we've, we, this is a lot. This episode has been a lot longer than I think we expected. So um, we, we the longest episode in roadshow history. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly glad it's with Shane O'Mac. Um, but yeah, oh, hey, this also a little caveat. Most important show of roadshow history yeah. right here. So we're glad. Yeah, we're, these are our flag plants. These are our, you know, we're going to stand behind these guys. Um, so wanted to get it out to you before these next weeks of hopefully you're drafting as much as we are, because uh, this is what all the preparation is for. And um, yeah, Shane, always a pleasure having you on. You are. Um, Thank you. you. You're going to be a big part of the road show um, as you have been to, to this since the start but um throughout the year we're going to have you on um and we're going to be talking football but um i do want to say you always add a lot to the episode this time it was john snow taking down the white walkers <laughs> and you successfully did that you made ryan take back one of his guys <laughs> i conceded i conceded uh, so i love it uh always so much fun but those are our guys. Um, so roadies go out and draft all of them, uh, connect with us on Twitter and show us, uh, show us your, your drafts and that you went out and got our guys. Uh, but make sure as always buckle up. Buckle up.